You are now listening to Pursuit Cast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. This is Sam from Pursuit, and you are listening to Pursuit Cast. And right now, um, I'm in Redding, California, with the lead pastor of the Stirring. Pastor Nate Edwardson. Um, so yeah, hey Pastor Nate, how are you? Hey Sam. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, doing this with us, uh, taking time off your schedule and, and just sitting down with us in sunny California. So um, for those who are listening right now, if you could kind of, I guess, just tell us a little bit about yourself, just introduce just who you are to the listeners out there. Hey guys, this is Nate here and um, Super grateful to take this time to share a bit about um, our church and our story. And um, I've got four amazing kids, five, seven, nine, and 11, uh, married an incredible Hispanic woman 13 oh, years nice. ago. And, and uh, we're going strong cool. and uh, um, just feel like God has us on an incredible journey right now of learning to move with him, to, to hear his voice, to dream with him, and, and, uh, and, and see, see generations come alive and who God is. So yeah. um, excited to be here and, and uh, hope, hope you guys get blessed by this, this interview. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, you know, your story and your church, you know, has been an inspiration to us, even if it's from a distance. Um, so if you could kind of, I guess, tell us uh, us and those listening about your church and just how your story and how you guys got started and everything like that. Yeah, I think um, probably 10 years ago, God started really um, stirring in us a vision for a young adult church. Mm-hmm. And at the time, we were a part of a young adult movement and, and seeing quite a few young adults come come to Jesus and and uh, you know we all know that transition from high school to young adult that's mm-hmm. when when most young people punk out and bail and uh, apparently their, their their faith didn't um, actually go um, deep and they weren't rooted in places that they needed yeah. and so we thought let's plant a church that can that can uh, call young adults into destiny and wow, that's cool. so we we planted about seven years ago we got sent from Risen King an amazing church and a handful of us, I remember the moment that we, uh, we met in a room and, and I just shared with some friends. I said, man, I, I really feel like the Lord's called us to plant a church here in Reading to go after young people, but I can't do this alone. And, uh, and we need to know if you guys are hearing from God with us. And, and uh, it was amazing. They, um, they came around us, my wife and I, we knelt down and, and about 12 to 15 friends, they held our arms up and they said, um, do all that's in your heart, we're with you. Wow, that's awesome. So it was a, it was a covenant moment where, where we felt like the Lord said yes, and we, and we did it. Planted seven years ago, and, yeah. and uh, it's, been, it's been a wild journey. Cool, that's awesome. I mean, we're here at your church right now, and it's an awesome facility. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. And um, I guess if you could kind of share the story behind the name. That's a pretty sick name. So, <laughs> actually, the name's interesting because um, I'm I'm a name guy. I really 
think names are important, language is important, what you call things matter. And uh, so I'll spend, I'll spend all kinds of time mm. pouring over names for a series or names for a space or names for a vision. And, uh, um, but, but the stirring name, I, um, I actually didn't really come up with that. Uh. <laughs> a friend of mine, um, you know, there was a worship night called The Stirring, and mm. we heard about this worship night, and we thought, well, that sounds like an awesome name. Let's take that. Yeah. So we just kind of, we plagiarized. We kind of yeah. stole it. And I mean, it's from the Lord. So. <laughs> it, is, it is from the Lord, and you've got all, all kinds of amazing stories that talk about, the, you know, the, the, the burning hearts, you know, in, in Luke 24, their hearts were stirred, and people being stirred to follow Jesus and all kinds of things. So That's sweet. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you yourself, I mean, you've been doing this for about seven years and planning a church. And, and, and I guess as a young leader, just venturing to plan a church, uh, what would be, what were some of the challenges I guess you yourself faced in, in being in, in, in city or, or even now trying to reach young adults or seven years into the ministry? The, the evolutions and changes and, and moving with that, I guess some challenges that you face. It's a great question. Uh, I could spend all day talking about challenges. Yeah. Um, church planning's um, painfully um, difficult at times and super rewarding when you see people come to Jesus because you said yes. Mm. And I would say one thing that the Lord began teaching me really early on a few years back when we planted the church is I, I realized that that, uh, that starting a new church looks really good on paper. It's a, re it's a really good idea in your heart. Mm -hmm. But once you actually do it, once you step out, it's that like, oh, are we really doing this moment? And you start to get hit with all kinds of lies. And, and, uh, and we came under some, some pretty heavy, um, you know, uh, attack the first couple years being a young church. Mm -hmm. And I remember really wrestling with the Lord. Do I have what it takes? And did I really hear from God and, and looking around at amazing churches in our city and amazing pastors. Mm -hmm. And uh, at one point I had this, this moment with the Lord where I realized, you know, you've got incredible churches all over town doing this stuff, the kingdom stuff. And, you know, you've got Bill Randall at Risen King. You've got, at the time, Bill Griffin was leading a house church movement, Bill Giovanetti at Neighborhood, Bill Johnson at all, Bethel, all, <laughs> all the bills. And I, I realized I was living in the shadow of the bills yeah. <laughs> and, and had this, this season. I think every, every young leader has to deal with comparison, mm, yeah. have to deal with that fact that we, we get our eyes off who God says we are and we start to look at other people. And, and it was a season of me overcoming comparison to go that, that God's called me here, that, that, um, that when God called Nate, he already had a bill. Mm -hmm. And yeah. when God planted the stirring, he already had all the other churches. Yeah, that's good. And uh, so that was one of the challenges, was the challenge to, to cave into insecurity and fear because um, uh, of lies you believe. Yeah. And, and, and we've, the Lord's really strengthened us through that yeah. to know that... that um, that he's looking for a stirring and reading, mm -hmm. and he called in Nate yeah. to lead that. So, so good. I guess what would be some ways to, I guess, kind of overcome that comparison? I mean, especially when challenges come and, you know, things aren't going well for you, but you see things going well for other people. Like, what would be some ways, like practical ways for young, young leaders listening right now to kind of, I guess, get through that, that place? 
Yeah, I would say I would say the the war against comparison is fought with gratitude. Mm. And and that's how you war against comparison is you become more and more grateful for um, who you are and what you have. And Adam and Eve, I mean, one of the very, you know, they, they got off track because they stopped being grateful for what they had and they started honing in on the one thing they didn't have. Mm. And, uh, and so whether it's lust or it's comparison or greed, all of that stems from I'm no longer grateful. Yeah. And so for me, I come back to what has God given me? And I look around and think he's given me so much. He's blessed me with so much. He's anointed me for this. He's given me an incredible team, an incredible church, wife family and that gratitude allows me to be confident in who I am mm. and and I love the story in in John 13 where where Jesus um, he knows who he is mm. he knows where he'd come from and he knew where he was going so Jesus knows who he is where he'd come from where he's, go- where he, where he's going and because of that he can humble himself and wash his disciples wow. feet yeah. and so I think there's something about knowing who I am that allows me not to contend with other people, mm-hmm. but lay my life down and serve them. Yeah, so so it's, uh, it's a daily thing. Young leaders have to face the giant mm-hmm. of comparison and get free. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I guess this is a question that, uh, I guess this is personal to me, just because now I wrestle with, you know, like, like you're saying, like, did God really call us to this and different things like that? Like, how important was I guess that moment when, like you said, that you're you were kneeling down in prayer with your friends, and you know they lifted your 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 arms up, and you felt like God was giving you that yes. Like how important it was that in order in order for you to keep pressing forward? I guess like those type of moments, like that you come back to, or you know reminders and things like that. Yeah, I think I think calling is a massive deal. You've got to know you're called. Mm-hmm. And, and the Lord will speak to you directly. He'll speak to you through the, the Holy Spirit whisper. He'll speak to you through community, through dreams, through the prophetic words. But you've got to know what he's called you to because, um, you know, when the storm comes, when someone on your team bails, when there's attacks from inside or outside, it's so important that you know what God has said. Yeah. And, and I, I, do think, I do think that in the heart of God, there's a, there's a place for us to explore and there's a place for us to dream and step out in faith that sometimes we follow God and sometimes God follows us. Mm. So I'm not saying you sit around waiting for a word all the time. Yeah. There's, there's courageous things we can do for God like Jonathan and his armor bearer that yeah. fought this battle and the Lord showed up. I think there, there are things we can do because God said, this is my heart. Mm. And when you express his heart, you can't miss his will, mm. um, but it's. I think it's important if you're going to plant a church, if you're going to start a movement, if you're going to, you know, that that you're really hearing from the Lord and you know it's the right timing, mm. and and community is vital to help with that. Yeah. Are there people around you that are affirming? Yes, this is the Lord. Mm. That's good. Um, I, I guess what would be, I guess, the best advice you can give young leaders? I mean, you've already shared so many gems already, like comparison and all of that, but uh, maybe it's just an echo of that, or, or what would be kind of the best advice you could give to young leaders right now who are in that place of trying to figure out their calling or or wondering or, or just wanting to go for it, but 
they don't know what to do next and stuff like that. Yeah, I would say I would say a huge deal for young leaders that are trying to, to discern God's call on their life. They're trying to discern what's next and and you know make an impact. I would say one thing is know the season you're in. And that one of the most freeing things we can know is the season we're in. That if we don't know the season we're in, we run around with, you know, like a chicken with its head cut off because I don't know what God wants to do. You know, should I marry this guy or not? Should I work at Burger King or McDonald's? There's this sense of like, we're living out of fear. We're living out of chaos. We're living because we don't know the season we're in. And I think, I think that to, to spend the time with the Lord and then spend time in community to know the season. Yeah. Um, for example, I think some young people, the season is serve. And if I know that this is a season to serve the leaders in front of me, then I'm not worried about not leading. Yeah, that's good. Because I'm called to serve. Um, maybe maybe the season is, is a season where I'm, I'm learning to know the voice of God. And I'm not stressed about doing something great for God. The seasons learn the voice of God. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that, you know, I sit with young leaders quite a bit and I'll ask questions about the season and go, what, do you, what season do you sense you're in? You feel like it's a season to do something or to be something or to, you know, to travel or to stay, to, um, to leave um, or to grow deeper here. So part of it is knowing the season and, and getting people around you that can help. Yeah, no, that's so good. Uh, I mean, in, in a council of, of many, you know, there's wisdom. So. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's cool. Um, and, and I guess right now to kind of change gears a little bit uh, from from leadership uh, to kind of you know what what we at Pursuit are all about, which is revival. I mean that's what we are wanting to see just happen in, in families, and homes, and schools, and universities, and workplaces at McDonald's and Burger King. You know since we already talked about both of them, but to really see revival, you know, happen um, where, where where lives are changed forever and. And so far, in the different leaders we asked, we've always uh, asked the leaders um, how they would personally define revival, just so that we kind of get just as many angles of, of, of what God wants to do and is doing. And, and we would love to kind of get your heart and definition of, of how Nate Edwardson would define revival. Yeah, I've got a couple thoughts on revival, but um, probably a definition would be awakening that... Mm. That when the church experiences revival, and I believe revival is for the church. Revival is, it's God reviving his people. It's, it's an awakening that there are seasons of God where the spirit of God comes upon the church and, and people are alive. They, they get awakened mm. to who they are. They get awakened to the voice of God. And, and I love one of, one of the old school um, preachers talks about you know how in revival there are two awakening cries, and first the the cry of, um, you know, the cry of the Lord awakens the church, and then the the cry of the church awakens yeah, the Lord, okay. and and so I would say awakening is a good um, definition that I get awakened to my very core, to who I am wherever I am, mm-hmm. and uh, and for us I love the revival question because we we want revival and we pray for revival when I feel called to be um, one who champions revival 
um, in our city and in the nations. And about six months ago, I got a um, phone call from a guy from Florida who um, lives in Brazil. And uh, he got my number from a friend. The Lord put him on my heart, and he called me up and had a word about revival that was interesting. And he said this. He said, there's a revival coming to this this uh, young adult generation, and it's a revival of hearts. Mm. And it, I'd never heard that before, a revival of hearts. And, and, uh, and he talked about the hearts of sons turning to fathers and the hearts of fathers turning to sons. And um, that so often when we think revival, and when I've prayed for revival, the picture I get is the Holy Spirit falling in a room. Mm. It's, it's always happening in gatherings. It's always happening in rooms, and yet... I think true revival is a revival of hearts, mm. and it can't be contained in a room. When the Holy Spirit poured out on the church in Acts, the first thing that happened is they left the room. Yeah, it's good. And so I think we've got to we've got to stop um, only believing God to pour out in gatherings and rooms, and realize that true revival. And I think one of the revival we're going to see is a revival of a family mm. and and hearts, meaning meaning. Um, you know, the, the, the old men and the older women in the church seeing themselves as fathers and mothers and their hearts being turned yeah. to sons and daughters. And then sons and daughters not seeing church as an organization or something I do on Sundays, but as a family and their hearts get turned to fathers and mothers. So mm-hmm. I definitely feel like there's a, a revival of hearts. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. I mean, I mean, as you were just sharing right now, I mean, the verse that came to mind was when Jesus is saying in the, in the last days, the hearts of many will grow cold. And I think revival yeah. is, is to change that. You know, yeah, and, and that good. happens when mothers and fathers turn their hearts to the children, the children turn to the parents. Amen. So Amen. That, that was just um, what, I, what, what I was just thinking about as you were sharing that. And, 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 it's, and it's powerful that you're sharing that right now because I remember when I first heard you speak like two years ago, um, I mean, I just want to share with you and to those listening just, um, I think you were, you were kind of sharing about the, the, the father and the fathers in the house and, and things like that. I remember praying, I think it was either before or after, and, and, and I was just like, God, you know, is it too crazy for me to ask for an entire generation as an inheritance? You know, can I ask for an entire generation as an inheritance? And, and through the talk and just through people praying, I felt like God said that, no, it's not crazy, but the only way I can give you that as an inheritance is not when you're a charismatic leader, not when you're the cool older brother, but when you're the father. So yeah, I think that's that's revival. So good. Yeah. Really good. Um, what 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 would you believe are I guess the keys to revival? Like, um, you know, the the awakening to see that happen in, in churches and, and and to see people's hearts turn to one another. What do you, what do you believe are some of the keys to that? I guess. Yeah, it's interesting because um, to be honest, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I had to preach a message on it, I'd probably say something like prayer and mm. prayer is a key to revival. And if, if we pray, yeah. somehow he'll pour out a spirit. But honestly, I don't know right now because yeah. I, I feel like my responsibility in revival is to keep my heart revived. Mm, that's good. So the more that I can, the more that I can stay connected to him and keep my heart revived, and, and in some sense, draw a circle around my life and say, sin revival, start with me. The more, the more that I'm um, filled with the fire of God, the more I see revival around me. Yeah. And so 
You know, I would have thought, man, if we pray more and if we worship louder and if we do all these things, and I'm like, I really feel like revival is going to come through people that can stay connected to the greatest revivalist ever, yeah. God, you know, and and, um, and pray. Yeah. Prayer, is, prayer is important we're, as well. We're not anti-prayer here. God, God responds to prayer, but yeah. it's it's a revival of, of my heart mm-hmm. connected to His heart. Well, that's that's good. I mean, I, I love that answer because it, it kind of, you know, doesn't put it all on God. Like, hey, like you're saying, not to just wait around, but to be active in our intimacy with Him and in our connection with Him, yeah. to be ruthless good. in God. And, and I love the honesty too. I mean, just on our way... Uh, flying out west from, from Jersey, I was listening to a podcast from one of the Bills of your city who's saying how God uses those who don't know what they're doing. You know, like, those are the ones he uses in the next movement, that you become disqualified when you know too much. So we appreciate your honesty. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, and, and, and for us, as we wrap up our time here, another question that I've been just asking all the leaders is simply, you know, how do you connect best with, with the Father in this season, with, with the Heavenly Father? How do you connect best? How do you, you know, keep your heart revived and, and hear from Him and just um, just just be with Him? Like how, how are you doing that in this season? Uh, just so that we all know and can kind of learn from that as well. Yeah, I, I, would say, I would say two things right now. One is um, I work hard to protect my secret place with God. Mm. And so um, I've come to a place the last few years where I, I normally won't meet with anyone until after lunch or after 12. And so mornings are set apart for prayer, journaling, reading the Bible, and just staying connected to the Lord. And so for me, um, you know, that, that guarding the secret place with the Lord cool. um, helps keep my heart revived. I think the other thing that's that's fairly been new for me is is this, I call it the covenant, and it's... It's that um, that I that I have covenant friends in my life, mm-hmm. and what I'm finding is that you know probably most of my leadership and most of the ministry I've been a part of, I've led from vision to covenant. So it's the vision first, and then friends who want to help accomplish the vision. And the Lord's flipping that script and and been saying, no, I want covenant first, and out of that vision. Wow, that's good. And so what I'm learning to do is I'm learning to submit my heart to a, a small group of um, men around me. Mm-hmm. And, and what I'm finding is that, that there's something I get from the secret place that helps me connect to the Lord. And there's something as equally valuable I'm getting from submitting my heart to these men and having covenant friends. I'm not just talking about community. I'm not talking about my whole staff or you know, a Friday night party, but really covenant friends where the more I'm able to bring like whatever painful thing, whatever raw, honest thing to them, that the Lord actually fathers me through them. Wow. So I think there's a fathering coming from the secret place and a fathering coming from covenant Mm. that's, that's helping me connect with father. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I like that just because I feel like community is kind of like the buzzword that gets thrown around Abs- so absolutely. much. But absolutely. Absolutely. is just that next level of vulnerability and honesty and transparency and brotherhood and all of it. That's awesome. Well, um, we just want to thank you so much for yeah, your time dude. this afternoon. 
out in Redding, California. We're here. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for opening up the doors to your church and hanging out with us. So uh, thank you everyone for listening, to, listening and uh, stay tuned for more podcasts coming your way. Thank you for listening to Pursuit Cast. For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.